we're doing a summer in the Psalms. Let's pretend it's the summer. Let's be, <laughs> let's have faith and go, come on, the sun is coming. It's looking glorious outside. And we want to uh, use the Psalms to really speak into our lives. I, I know um, in the past I've checked to Matt and others that said during lockdown, I think you look, looked into the Psalms and they really spoke to people um, in different ways, that sense of these poetry and these songs, these heartfelt cries to the Lord and the joy of the Psalms. Hopefully we'll capture a little bit of that over this summer period again. Lord, speak to us through these Psalms, I pray. Speak to us through your words. In fact, I'm going to turn that into a prayer right now. Lord, would you, would you come and would you speak? Would you speak through my words? Uh, would you speak to us as we read your word together, Lord? Would you... By your spirit, come, come and breathe into each and every one of us. Lord, would we hear that word from you today that we need to hear, that little nugget of truth that speaks to our lives. Lord, come, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so these Psalms, uh, the the ones that we're looking at, Psalm 121 is the one we're going to dig into today, but Psalm 120 to Psalm 134, it might say in your Bible, it might say on your phone Bible as well, they call these the Psalms or the Songs of Ascent, Ascent Climbing Up. So they're songs that they would have been sung or recalled or or read as they pilgrimaged, as they journeyed towards Jerusalem. And I've got a little picture of Jerusalem there. That's what they think the temple would have looked like. This grand building right up there on the hill. You probably can't see it very well. It all kind of blends in uh, with this sort of sandstone around it. But this sense of journeying to Jerusalem. Um, Amazing that each year the Israelites would make three sacred journeys. They would travel to Jerusalem for different festivals at key points in the year. And on the way, they would be singing this psalm. Isn't that lovely? As we open this word, you can almost imagine people singing it, kind of recalling it, lifting up their hearts and their souls as they walked along singing these songs. So it's helpful to have that picture in your head as we come to read this psalm. It helps with our context to think, ah, what was going on as they journeyed as they pilgrims, I love that word, as we are pilgrims, we're all pilgrims, aren't we? We're on a journey. We're on this journey with Jesus, coming to meet with him each day and journeying into his presence and journeying on for eternity with the Lord. I love that. And the pilgrims would have been recalling times when they knew the presence of God. And I guess my first question to myself and to you is, when did... When did I last know the presence of the Lord, that real sense of the Lord being near to me? When, when did I last know that sort of time? And I think if I was going to answer that, I think there was something really special that happened as we gathered in a very different looking church, sort of less, well, just, just over a week ago now, as we gathered in this space, sand all over the stage, children all over the building, as we gathered, and particularly as we gathered and we prayed before, before the children came in. We meet at 9 o'clock and then the holiday club children turned up at 9.30. But there was a real sense of the Lord's presence amongst us. There was a real sense as, as we gathered together and said, yeah, we're in this together. There were some amazing words and pictures and quiet times and some of the young children themselves praying out really profound prayers. And we were like, Lord, I was really aware of the presence of the Lord. You know, that sort of sense of that heaviness 
hanging over us in a really beautiful way. So maybe for each of us this morning, we're like, Lord, I'm longing for your presence again. I'm longing to journey, to pilgrim with you, to know your presence near me as I journey with you. I pray for each of us there's a desire to know Jesus more. That's my heart's desire. Jesus, I long to know you more. I know you a little. We say that when we gather around the table, don't we? Lord, I love you a little. I want to love you more. That's my heart. That's my desire. And I pray it's yours too. James 4 says this, draw near to the Lord. He draws near to you. Lord, would you draw near us today? May our hearts be inspired to like, Lord, I long for more of your presence. Long for more of you as I travel, as I journey with you. And there's some similarities and parallels between the journey of pilgrims travelling to Jerusalem and this idea of the Christian pilgrim journeying on to eternity with Jesus. Let's just hear these amazing words that the psalmist starts with. You probably know these. I think Psalm 121, just a quick Google search, tells me it's in the top five or top ten of psalms. So we're doing, you know, imagine top of the pops. We're in the top five with this one. This is is punching high, this psalm, this morning. So um, here it is. It starts in verse one, saying this. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? And again, imagine these pilgrims, these people on the journey to Jerusalem, looking up. They might have been in the valleys, looking up at the hills around them. Hills were a sign of kind of being closer to God. I know for myself, when I get out in the hills, it's a sense of, wow, this, that awe and wonder, that presence of the Lord. As these travellers were journeying, they'd have also looked up to the hills because they'd have seen other shrines and other little places where others would have been calling out to their gods for help as well. So maybe as this pilgrim is asking the question, where does my help come from? Maybe they were seeking the Lord. Maybe they were seeking hope in other gods. Maybe they were seeking hope in themselves, in strengthening themselves. And it encourages me to think that actually it's okay to stop sometimes and go, where does my help come from? It's a great question, isn't it? Where does my help come from? Does it come from me? Does it come from my wallet? Does it come from my family? Or does it come from the Lord? I want to show you a picture of one of my favourite hills, if it will click on. There it is. That hill is in the Lake District. Uh, that's the Greater Langdale Pikes, one of the most beautiful places, and I've had the privilege of climbing up on that big rock in the background with a friend many years ago. It's called Pavey Ark, and it's this beautiful tarn bit of water and then this big slab of rock. And so because I'd climbed it, I thought, oh, I'll take the family up there. So about five or six years ago, I was like, right, we can do this. So you walk up from the bottom, there's a little National Trust car park, you walk up that valley up the valley, following the waterfall, climbing up, and then at the top there's a lovely uh, tarn, and I thought, we can do this. And there's something called, there's a scramble called um, Jack's Rake that goes diagonally up. We got to the bottom of it, I was like, come on, we're doing this. And then it was all wet and slippy and horrible and damp, and we were like, no, we're not doing this. (laughs) So my wife was wise, we didn't do it. And so we ended up walking almost out of that picture, all round the back. I was like, yeah, we can still get up on top. We'll just go a little bit further. 
Well, once we got up on top, all the tracks and the paths just disappeared. It just went to open moorlands. It was wet. It was boggy. Um, Erin was about nine or ten years old. She was getting flustered. I did the classic dad bit. Right, I'm going to walk on ahead. I'll find it. Shouting back, come on, follow me. I know where I'm going. I had no clue at all. Um, getting cross. Fiona's just trying to keep it calm. And then eventually we came back together and go, okay, let's have a drink. Let's have some food. Let's pause. And then, actually, there was at one point where Erin got so upset, she went, I just want to get some help. Can we ring someone? No phone signal. And then her classic line that we still tell her, I can tell you this because she's away, she said, can we phone an Uber? (laughs) She didn't even know what an Uber was. I don't think we'd ever use one. This idea of, oh, yeah, we'll just get a taxi, come and pick us up. Funny story. And we did get back, and the Lord looked after us. But I love the response in this. Because we should cry out for help, shouldn't we? That's the gut instinct in all of us. Help, Lord, I need you. I mean, that's the best prayer we can ever pray, isn't it? Lord, I need you. And the writer answers their own prayer. Where does my help come from? (laughs) My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He is the one that we can trust We don't have to just trust the hills or the shrines or other things that we see around us. We don't have to trust in ourselves. We can trust in the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. That is whom we put our trust in. Isn't that amazing? That we can trust in the maker of heaven and earth. So we can cry out. When we cry out, help, the best prayer ever that we can ever pray, help, we're crying out to the maker of heaven and earth. Amazing. Just in those moments where you maybe need help, just remember who you're asking help for. Lord, I need help for this. Lord, I need your comfort. I need your peace. I need your protection. Help me. We're calling to the one who made heaven and earth. The one who made all things amazing. And some commentators comment on this, saying that this psalm might have been a dialogue And I really like this, this idea of walking with a friend on this pilgrimage. The first person going, where does my help come from? And maybe the friend going, ah, my my help comes from the maker of heaven and earth. And then we'll go on in verse 3 and see that actually um, he tells him who this maker is and what he looks like. He's the one who won't let your foot slip. I love this idea of journeying together and having a friend going, where does my help come from? And your friend comes alongside and says, remember, it comes from the Lord. And we need friends in our lives. I need people around me when I feel a bit wobbly going, come on, Mark, your hope is in the Lord. Remember who you are. You're a child of God, Mark. Keep going. Keep walking. Keep going forward. And sometimes I'm that encourager to other people. And sometimes I need that encouragement. So I just ask you the question, who are the people around you that encourage you on your journey? Who are those people that when you're a bit wobbly and are asking questions, which is great to ask questions, who are those people that encourage you? I trust we've all got them on our journey, those people that come alongside us and journey with us and encourage us. So let's see what this response was. Maybe this was where the friend kicks in now and starts saying, let me tell you what the Lord is like. Let me tell you what this Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, is like. The first thing he tells him on this journey is, he will not let your foot slip. 
He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel, God's people, will neither slumber nor sleep. Amazing words. They would have been walking on treacherous paths, just little tracks, much worse than me in the Lake District. And yet he was saying, he won't let your foot slip. This is the Lord. He watches over you. Isn't that amazing that the Lord watches over each and every one of us here? He watches over all his people, over the whole world. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He doesn't have a day off and goes, ah, Mark's fine. I'll, I'll give him 24 hours. No, the Lord watches over me. The Lord watches over you day and night. He watches over you. He knows you. He loves you. Just wonder how that makes you feel this morning. How does that make you feel knowing that the Lord watches over you day and night? I might even ask you that question. Come on, some people be brave and shout out. How does that make you feel this morning knowing that the Lord watches over you, that he doesn't slumber or sleep? Protective. Thank you, Lindsay. Bless you. Yeah, come on. Secure. Thank you. Safe. Loved. Yeah, bless you. Thank you. Confident, I heard there. Thank you. Yeah, love. Preserved. You feel held and kept. I love that word, preserved. Beautiful. Sleep with confidence. Thank you, Trevor. Beautiful, isn't it? This image. Sometimes we read a psalm like this and we just kind of glance over. Oh yeah, the Lord's not going to let my foot slip. He watches over me. Oh, that's lovely. No, he preserves. We can trust him. He gives us confidence and hope. We can sleep well because the Lord is with us. The second image they would have probably had, and I took this image from the Good Samaritan. Jesus told a story, didn't he, about a traveller being beaten up. And the Lord watches over you. There was a real threat and a danger walking these paths of people being there ready to rob and steal and destroy. And yet the Lord says he watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. And the next verse talks about shade from the sun and the moon. But this idea of shade being protection. Um, You know, I love going camping. I'm off camping next week. And this idea of the first thing I do when I go camping is I put my tarp up. I get excited about my tarp. I get really. <laughs> I was talking about it last night. We feeling, oh, how am I going to do my tarp this year? Sorry, I'm quite sad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but it's, it's tarps are brilliant. They're either shade or they keep you dry, you know. And and these are that's what the Lord does. He is our tarpaulin. He is our shade. He's our protector. He watches over us. He keeps us. Isn't that amazing that the Lord? watches us. He watches over you. He watches over me. He sees all. He sees when we need him the most. And the next thing they're reminded of is the Lord, the one who creates shade from the sun that will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord is the one who provides all we need, the shade that we need. You can imagine him walking through that blistering heat sweltering, struggling and yet this sense that 
the Lord is the one that gives shade, he gives rest, he gives that sense of peace. And it's a bit strange thinking about the moon uh, harming you at night. You think, well, the moon would be lovely, just to be able to see where you're going a little bit at night. Um, Some commentators say that um, back in the times when this would have written, there would have been the thought that actually the moon was the one that caused disease. It's an interesting thought. But this idea that actually the Lord protects us and keeps us from harm, from the sun, but also from the moon, from disease. The Lord is covering us with his mighty right hand. He brings comfort, he brings shelter, he brings shade, he brings relief. The sense of the Lord covering all things. This is the Lord Jesus who we love and worship, the one who covers us with his mighty right hand. The psalmist is saying and singing these things over and over again, as they would walk along, they're being reminded that the Lord is faithful, that he's their guardian. I love that word guardian, the God, the one who protects and keeps. And he keeps mentioning the Lord. He says it five times. He keeps saying, our hope is in the Lord. Every emergency is covered. Every aspect of life is covered. But these words are words of faith. Don't think that just because we're followers of Jesus and those that trust in the Lord, that life won't be tricky. They aren't a blanket of assurance that we will never encounter problems. But what they are is reminders that the Lord is faithful. They are words of faith as they walked along. They go, no, the Lord's not going to let your foot slip. The Lord is your shade. He is the one who watches over you. You can imagine them singing it, saying to everyone, no, put your trust in the Lord. Look up, look to the hills, look to the one who knows you and loves you. In all the challenges of life, the Lord God watches over us. The King James uses the word keep or keeper or the one who keepeth thee. I like that. The Lord is. He is, Jesus is our keeper. He is the one who keeps us and holds us and gathers us together. He is our goalkeeper, if you want that image. He's the one that saves. Isn't that brilliant? The keeper, the saver, the saviour of the world. Our Jesus is the one who keeps us, who sustains us. We can put our hope and our trust in him. May we all know the Lord keeping us, watching over us, whatever we're facing today or tomorrow. Lord, my help comes from you, the maker of heaven and earth. I'm going to invite Colin to come and share now, if that's all right, Colin. I did warn him he was doing this. So Colin was welcomed into membership a while ago, and we like to have an opportunity to hear different people's stories. Colin figures was panicking, don't we? (laughs) This is Colin Day. Yeah, come on. So I've just asked Colin to come and share some of his story, and I think it really fits with this psalm really well today. So we want to bless you as you share. Thank you, Colin, for these words. He's a good man. Good morning. Go on. Um, I'd like to tell you a little bit about myself, but before I do that, um, when I was a very young Christian, I came here. And when I came through those doors, it was like, I had actually met God. Although I'd been to another church, there was just something different. It was really nice. 
I was born in North Petherton to a family of six children, two girls, Margaret and Marion, and four brothers, Peter, Patrick, Clive, who was my twin brother, and my youngest, Brian. As a young lad, my experience was living in a home where I did not receive nice clothes or, most importantly, love. It was a home where there were lots of violence and I received quite a lot of beatings. It was a home where I received physical and emotional abuse. But the sexual abuse that I did, uh, <coughs> did, that, did have was outside the home. At this time, I was always had hope. Hope things would change. They, didn't, they did not. At 16, I became suicidal and tried to kill myself by crashing my motorbike. And later, when I bit older, I tried to drink myself to death. <clears throat> One thing I experienced was because my mother wanted me out of the way, she would send me and my twin brother Clive to church, <laughs> where they talked about where they talked about a man called Jesus. But to me, I did not understand <clears throat> what it was all about. One evening, this man got up and said he was going to tell us how he met Jesus, and I thought, wonderful. There was something different about this man, although I did not really understand. My brother and my my brother and, my, and I went home together, and we both felt something. We were not afraid of the dark, yeah. and that we felt, and we felt happiness at something we had experienced in our life never before. But as soon as we entered our house, gone. Yeah. Uh, I married at 21, and had two sons, Patrick and Nicholas. I lost Nicholas when he was 42. From an early age, I knew that I would die at age 45. Definite. And it was always really something that I really believed would happen and I would welcome it. When I was near this age, I was looking forward to leaving this earth and having peace at last. At the time, I had been living with a lady and she decided to attack me and stab me. And later, later I had a breakdown and spent some time in the mental hospital. I would like to say over this time I became a thief, violent, and an alcoholic. And I was very desperate. I phoned my brother to see if he would take me in for a few weeks. I said, I had nowhere to go, and he said yes. He was a Christian. <laughs> that was a funny story, too. <coughs> I started to go to church with him. I must have looked bad, but no one said anything to me. He only showed me love and understanding. I started reading the Bible, and in fact, I, complete, I read it completely and listened to Christian music, um, which is Marilyn Baker. Yeah. Some of her words are like, Whoa. It really brought me to reality. It was amazing. I, never, <coughs> I, later, I later left this church and came to Creech Michael, which is Zion those days, and later became a member. One thing I remember, one evening a lady came in and spoke about her work in London, working in London with the street people, and I thought, and I was taken in by this, and I asked her if I could get involved with her work, and she said she would find out. <laughs> took about 18 months, which he did find out. Um, <coughs> next couple of years I spent... The next couple of years I spent my holiday working on the streets and helped run a cafe bar in London and in my local area. I had many experiences and made many friends from the streets. I remember I had only been a young Christian and did not know much about the Bible, but one day I was working in the coffee bar in London and I met a lovely lady who was a nun, 
It's very sweet. She, who, was living in the, who had been living in the closed monastery, and they had just allowed them out for the first time for over 20 years. I became friends with her. She was a gentle person. It's maybe a bit afraid of the freedom she had, but you could tell she had a great love for Jesus. I asked her one day, what's it like to be close to the Lord? She confided in me that for many years, she's just been going through their, their duties, and they're not felt near him for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Me being young and brave, <coughs> I said to her, would you like to do something with me? <laughs> and she said she would. I said, I said, you know that Jesus never leaves us. It's us that turn away. So I asked her to hold my hand, and she did. I said, do this when you're alone, and ask Jesus to meet you. The next week, she came in very excited, and came straight up to me and said, Colin, I've met Jesus, she said, and thank you for helping me. I went to meet him for the first time for a long time. I'd been on this journey for 30 years, and Jesus is still definitely changing me. I would like to say, another thing, that on my return to Creech St. Michael, and I'm talking to most of you I know, most of you I've got to know, I would like to say on my return to St. Michael, it was a wonderful experience. And I felt that, felt so loved, and I knew I was home again after 30 years. Mm-hmm. Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you, Colin. Thank you for your openness, honesty with us. A man who's not had an easy life. You can't say, oh yeah, the Lord's, you know, he's made my life easy. We're not promised that, are we? We're promised the Lord to be with us, as we've been reading in Psalm 121. Mm. The Lord will be your helper, your strength, the one who won't let your foot slip, the one who watches over you, Colin. He's your shade and your protector. Mm. And um, we're going to pray for Colin. It's amazing just hearing him say, Lord, you've been looking after me on my twisty path of life but you've kept hold of me and you looked after me as you've done for all of us here Lord thank you Yeah. so let's pray for Colin, bless this man Lord God I want to thank you for Colin thank you that your hand is on his life thank you that you are watching over him and looking after him and I thank you for the heart that he has for you Jesus That his prayer is that he becomes more like you Jesus that he continues to journey to meet with you more and more each day. So look after this man, I pray. Bless him as he's come, come back to us. Lord, we're so thankful to have him here in this church. We're blessed that Colin is part of our body, our part of our family. Lord, would you bless him as he blesses us, I pray. So look after this man, doing good. Fill him with your spirit afresh, even right now, I pray. Amen. Amen. Bless you, Colin. Thank you for sharing. That was great. Really good. Helpful to hear sometimes those stories, isn't it, of the Lord's faithfulness, the Lord's goodness, watching over us in the hardest of times, in the darkest of times. But we have one who will look after us and be with us. And this psalm ends with verse 7 and 8. If it will come back up again, Vic, is that all right? Thank you. Ends with these words. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. What a lovely word of blessing that is, that, those words of faith again. Not saying that nothing bad will ever happen. We're in a world that is messy and broken, 
But Lord, you have promised to be my helper, my strength, my guide. We come to the Lord who loves us, who watches over our life. Other versions sometimes say, he watches over my soul. He will keep my soul. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. The Lord is going to watch over us as we leave today, our going, and coming into our homes and going to Morrison's and wherever we go. I love that idea of the Lord watching over our coming and our going. The Lord is with us now and forevermore. Great words of promise this morning.